The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Cecil John Rhodes once said, the great objective of present humanity should be to take as much of the world as it possibly could. Today, Cecil John Rhodes has been dead for 113 years and his statue stands at the University of Cape Town. The hashtag Rhodes Must Fall currently trends online as UCT students are demanding the removal of the statue, an outcome that's probably meaningless without us actually having an informed discussion on Rhodes himself. Who was he? How informed is our opinion of Cecil John Rhodes? And then what are the broader implications of removing the statue? That's what we'd like to discuss on the Forum at 8 this morning. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Darshan Mudli. And over the next hour, we're going to be engaging with some of the experts on this. Emeritus Professor of History at the University of Pretoria is going to be joining us in the next few minutes, as well as Dr. Adekei Adebayo is the Executive Director and Author at the Institute for Conflict Resolution. We'll have them on the line in the next few minutes. But it seems as though last night, UCT stakeholders were meeting to decide the fate of the statue. They met with the SRC and the Vice-Chancellor, Max Price. And he's been quoted as saying, the Vice-Chancellor as saying, that they are the only ones imbued with the decision-making power on whether to move the statue. The Heritage Association of South Africa released this press statement last night, saying in this, the Vice-Chancellor is surely wrong, because in terms of Section 34 of the National Heritage Resources Act, no structure older than 60 years may be altered without a permit from the appropriate heritage authority. And in terms of Section 37, are protected in the same manner as places that are entered in a heritage register. That is, they may not be changed without a permit. Well, that change is already happening because the road statue is currently draped in a black bag as students don't want it on their campus. We're joined on the line right now by Sandile Mamela. He's the spokesperson for the Department of Arts and Culture. As this issue has come to the fore, Sandile, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, and uh, uh, it's greatly appreciated to be part of this national discourse that has uh, got everyone uh, talking and engaging in how things should be done in this country. It's, it's a very valuable discussion, Sandile. We need to know our history, and I guess that's why we have these statues and icons and places like museums, so that we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. But it seems as though the question that, that, that is being raised this morning by Hasa and others is who actually has the final authority to remove a statue? Whose decision is it? Well, I have to agree with uh, the authorities of the South African Heritage Resources Agency. In this particular instance, with due respect, the Vice-Chancellor is wrong is wrong. There are technical and procedural processes that need to be followed for such an event to occur. And of course, uh, we have noted uh, the protest uh, around the issue of the road statue at the university, and uh, we need to emphasize as the Department of Arts and Culture that the students are within their rights to express their disapproval or disagreement with uh, the representation or symbol that is there. But the Department of Arts and Culture, and I presume in this sense also the Heritage Resources Agency, have not received any formal application for the removal of the statue. What is happening is right, but how it is done is not necessarily correct. So 
we believe that we should encourage a peaceful and amicable resolution of this matter through dialogue, through discourse, through engagement, and that this particular platform is very relevant for this. What we need to remind ourselves is that it's not for the first time that we are, as a country, a fledgling democracy, confronted by this issue. And we do have examples of where statues have been peacefully relocated or removed. And the, the most example that, uh, uh, that one can give is that of the statue of Nelson Mandela, which is larger than life at the union buildings. And because due process was followed, we had to remove or relocate the statue of Louis Dosa. You can imagine the bruhaha that would have happened if the process was not done mm-hmm. uh, accordingly. Now, there is the National Heritage Resources Act of 99, and it stipulates the technical and procedural uh, approach that needs to be done. So whatever or whoever desires to see a statue removed must initiate a consultative public process and notify all relevant bodies and interested parties for them to come forward and give their view. And of course, uh, uh, we agree that uh, uh, we pointed out that the vice chancellor is wrong in this matter. Mm-hmm. So, and so applies must then go ahead here. Let's pick up on that point. You say that the Vice-Chancellor Max Price is not imbued with the power to decide whether the statue needs to be removed or not. But are the students also wrong? Because they don't have a permit to hurl feces at the statue. They don't have a permit to alter the statue in any way, which is currently being done right now at the campus where it's covered in a black bag. Students are marking it with labels and and hanging postcards over it. That's altering the statue as well. Are, Are the students not wrong equally wrong, perhaps? Well, as I uh, hinted earlier, I said what is happening is largely right, but it is the implementation, the method, the how of it that is wrong. Even the students themselves, if they want the state to remove, we live in a constitutional democracy, democracy in the, they must work within particular parameters, and one would encourage and appeal to them to familiarize themselves with the process because in this particular instance we have people who are pushing against an open door. This is an issue that can be resolved within 60 days if the right process is is, is followed. Yes, the students are right in what they are demanding, but how they are going about it is not correct. Sandila Mamela, thank you for joining us. He's the spokesperson for the Department of Arts and Culture. So that's cleared up a little bit about who has authority over the statue and then ultimately who can make the decision of removing the statue and where it needs to be placed. Of course, this is part of our heritage symbols, and it's a symbol that's well over 60 years old and has been at the University of Cape Town. Students now want it removed. And there's a hashtag that trends on Twitter this after, this morning and has been doing so for a, a number of days. Roads must fall. It's part of the students' campaign, and they are raising questions about Rhodes's legacy and relevance in South Africa. Some have called Rhodes an industrialist, a campaign, of, of uh, akin to some of the greatest in the world, and others simply refer to him as a colonizer and a sociopathic racist. Well, let's see who he really was. What, who was Cecil John Rhodes? And then perhaps we can make a decision on, the word, on whether we keep his statue or not. Does he deserve a position of pride and privilege in our society? Emeritus Professor of History at the University of Pretoria joins me on the line. Professor Pretorius Franz Johan, thanks for your time. Good morning. 
Good morning, good morning. Lovely to be on the show. Thank you. We do appreciate your time. Also joining you, Prof, is uh, Dr. Adekeye Adebayo. He's the executive director and author of the Institute for Conflict Resolution. Dr. Adebayo, lots of conflict in this story. Welcome to the program. Yes, good morning. Thank you. My, my institution is called the Center for Conflict Resolution. Center for Conflict Resolution. Our apologies for that, Dr. Adebayo. Thank you very much for joining us. Professor Franz Johannif, if we can start with you. What are the first thoughts, the first memories that come up? When you, when you think of Cecil John Rhodes, what do you equate him to? Well, I should say, let's see, let's, let me first say, as an Afrikaner, I see him as an imperialist who did not, who, who was, who was uh, you know, he, he attacked the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Transvaal Republic in the sense that he wanted to, 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 to uh, to have a union of South Africa, of a federation of South African states under the British flag. So as an Afrikaner, that was my image as a, as a child. But as an academic, um, Rhodes was to, to be as objective as possible an imperialist. Now, imperialism, the other side of imperialism is colonialism and um, capitalism. And that's exactly what he stood for. Rhodes was a person who believed that um, the Anglo-Saxon race uh, should dominate the world and they would secure peace, liberty, and justice for all. This means a very arrogant um, attitude. And in this sense, he was a, 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 a social Darwinist, a race patriot, who believed that the British, the Anglo-Saxons, should rule the world. And therefore, as an imperialist, he wanted to capture as much as possible, and in this case of Africa, for the British Empire as possible. His, his motto was, uh, from the Cape to Cairo, all to be painted red. That is the British Empire. I think he even once remarked that he would annex other planets if he could. I mean, such was his belief in colonization. Do- Dr. Adebayo, I mean, would, would you agree with that, uh, with that brief understanding of, 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 uh, of Cecil John Rhodes? Yes, I don't think uh, a lot of people in this debate are actually defending Cecil John Rhodes. I think there's been enough history written now, and there's enough known about his white supremacist and racist views that he has very few defenders uh, in these debates. And even many of the people that are calling for the statue to stay are not doing it on the basis of Rhodes's record. I think after Rhodes died in 1902, there were quite a lot of people that would still support what he stood for. But I think nowadays you would find very few people that would actually um, condone a lot of his colonial and imperial excesses and racist views. So when we make the choice to say Rhodes must fall, when we tweet that on the hashtag and we, and we choose to do so as students in UCT, as those at Rhodes University currently who are asking for the university to be changed, in Zimbabwe, students there are demanding that Cecil John Rhodes's remains be returned to Britain and even University of Amsterdam students have joined in solidarity with students here in South Africa. When they demand that Rhodes must fall, do we have enough of an understanding of the man himself before we, before we make these demands, Prof? Uh, my point of view is that one, should, one cannot remove the history of the past. Obviously, this man did a lot of wrong to the local people, whether they were Afrikaners or black people. But in my view, he's part of our history. 
And I'm not saying that the statue should not be removed to a museum. I'm saying we should we should honour our history by taking his uh, his his, his, monument, his his statue to the to a museum. That would be a solution, yes. But we cannot do that with all statues in South Africa that are not part of the new South Africa of 1994. It's part of our history. And whether it's good or bad history, uh, and from a certain point of view, uh, whatever your point of view is, remember it's part of the past. My point of view is that let's look at the past and take that as a lesson for the present and the future. And therefore, in my opinion, we cannot break down and forget that there was a history before 1994. Well, let's invite our listeners. If you're listening in at home and would like to engage in this discussion, Roads Must Fall or Must It Not Fall, that's been the campaign that's been circulating on social media and actually growing around the world. What do you feel about the Cecil John Rhodes statue that sits at UCT currently? Should it remain there? Should it be moved? Where should it be moved to? Should it be destroyed entirely or housed in a museum, as uh, our, our prof is saying to us this morning? Give us a call, 0891 That's the number you can dial. If you'd like to send us an SMS, 34701 at SAFM, at, at rather AM Live on SAFM, uh, as Les in Durban has written to us saying, UCT must not bow to a small group of students more involved in rabble-rousing than studies. The Rhodes statue must stay as he played a huge part in South Africa's history. Denton in Durban says, with all the fuss on roads and wanting to change curricula, students will end up with a lager mentality, not knowing the history where South Africa came from or is going. Prof, would you, would you agree that if we remove the statue, we're going to forget who Cecil John Rhodes was and the part that he played? Yes, I most definitely agree. Um, it, it is my experience that students uh, since 1994 with a new syllabus in history are totally unaware of things that happened before 1994 except the apartheid struggle. And, and therefore, uh, people just don't know who, who John Foster was, or uh, let's even say President Brunt, or President Kruger, or President Stein, or Emily Hophouse, or, yes, Cecil Rhodes, for instance. Or There are so many South Africans that contributed to our history, and from whatever point of view that you take that, it might be a negative contribution, it's still part of our history. Dr. Adebayo? Yes, hi. I'd like to just make two comments. First, the issue about the Afrikaners. I think it's very important to nuance that. Cecil Rhodes was Prime Minister of the Cape Colony from 1890 to 1895. He worked with members of the Africana Bond and established an alliance with them in the Cape Parliament. And they used that alliance to pass harsh legislation against black people and to protect white Africana farmers. I think Cecil Rhodes fell out, as the professor said rightly, (coughs) um, when his lieutenant, uh, Jameson, invaded or tried to invade the Transvaal region, and that also helped to contribute to the Anglo-Boer War of 1899-1902. But I think it is important to note that Rhodes was trying to establish a union between the white races in South Africa. So I would just nuance the relationship to Afrikaners. The second issue I would make is that, of course, it's very important for students to remember their history. Rhodes is part of the history. 
And when I listened to the debates of the students, I did not hear them saying that they wanted to destroy that history. I actually felt that the students were very sophisticated and were given an argument that this statue could be placed in some sort of museum to provide historical context. And so I think it's important not to simplify what the students are actually asking for. They're not asking for a destruction of history, but a contextualization of history. Well, let's go to the callers then. We've got uh, Rex, who's been holding on. He's in Germiston. Hi, Rex. Good morning. Uh, uh, good morning. Um, uh, good morning to your listeners and, <clears throat> and your guests. Uh, my opinion is that that statue should not be removed in the sense that whatever is the reason... Um, Somebody has a bad view, a bad side of him, and must also have a good side of him. With regards to that statue and John Rose himself, and with regards to the particular university where his status is, he is the only single individual who has contributed so immensely to the existence of that university. No other black man in history that has ever contributed as immensely as John Rose to the existence of that university. If that, if that study were to be on the street, then we would have been talking about the removal of the study because of probably what some people attributed to John Rhodes. And Rex, but, I mean, you, you recognize, yeah. Rex, I mean, you recognize when you say that, that he was able to contribute that much because this was, the, this was what he earned on the backs of, of the slave trade. This was on, on what he earned on the back of, of colonialism. But in, with regard to the contribution, it was no matter where, where he, might, he might have ended things, he contributed so positively and immensely to the existence of that university. Let's contextualize it to the existence of University of Cape Town, not to the, not to the existence of South Africa. So if any other black man has contributed as immensely as he has contributed, let, let us join his status. But if no other black man has contributed to the existence of that status, let's leave that status with regard to the existence of Cape Town University, not to the existence of any other thing in Cape Town. Rex in Germiston, thank you for your call. Well, he's got some strong views. He says it shouldn't be removed. We'll engage with our guest shortly on this. 891 if you'd like to give us a call. Roy is in Kronstadt. Hi, Roy. Yes, how are you? Very well. Roy, go ahead. I think the intellectuals, they are wrong. A Rose Station should not be removed, and even the grave in Zimbabwe should not be removed. He's the pioneer of development in Africa. When he, when he, when he came to Africa, he started developing the, 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 from, from Cape Town to Cairo, Egypt, the rail line, before any other person was, was, was even interested to invest in Africa. So I think with that is part of our history. So those who are learning should lead us, and they, should, they, are, they are pointing their anger to the wrong person. I think they should uh, show us that they, they have got a better education, unlike to, uh, to, to demonstrate against his statue. He has got our history. It's part of Africa. Roy, thank you for your call. Roy and Kronstadt. We've got Gift in Port Elizabeth. Hi, Gift. <clears throat> hi, and hi to your guest. Look, I think the previous caller, I'm sure, probably is coming from Zimbabwe. And is one of those uh, apologists in Zimbabwe. Uh, he, he must just say thanks that he's staying in South Africa in a democratic space. Because I just listened to the hogwash that he has just projected on this show. I think, first and foremost, I want to start with the <laughs> premise that it is a fact that the lives of all, us, all of us who are living in this country, regardless of race, remains to some degree 
entangled with our colonial and apartheid past. And I think we must appreciate that one. And mm. secondly, we are entangled with the past partly because it is still physically shapes and economically structures the environment we live. Because if you if you look at the country, we all live in a country created and named by the colonizers, and many of us live in towns and cities whose names glorify those who dispossessed and oppressed the majority of citizens of this country, primarily the black people. So, and and I think the other issue, the geography of every city and town in this country carries the scars of our devoted past. Every town and city in this country is essentially still organized according to principles of apartheid town planning. Lastly, to me, symbols such as statues are important as they help to signify values and power relations. However, it is important for higher education institutions, in particular UCT, to know that transformation goes far beyond this. It should include the change in the democratic composition of staff and student body, as well as ensuring that curriculum institutions of higher learning reflect South Africa's development and cultural needs. Gift, thank you for your call, Gift in uh, Port Elizabeth. Let's go to Escort now, where Mark joins us on the line. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Yes, um, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying the debate. Uh, it's terribly interesting. I don't actually personally have an opinion yet on what the future of the statue should be. Um, the point I wanted to make is that often when we judge um, uh, people in, in history, that we should uh, judge their actions in, in the context of the time in which they took place. Uh, secondly, uh, perhaps your panelists could just... Are, are you suggesting, uh, Mark, that, that, that Cecil John Rhodes was a victim of his time? I mean, this was part of the, the, the thinking of the time was to find new land and, and exploit cheap labor. Um, I'd be interested to hear your panelists' views on that. I'm, I'm not a historian or a learned scholar, but um, it's just a point that does arise. Sure. And, and Mark, b- before we let you go, Mark, but what would it take for you to make a decision by the end of the show? What, what would you need to hear by the end of the show for you to make a decision on whether the statue should stay or go? Um, well, it would be a, a, a whole cross-section of things, you know, it, to to hear the uh, the points of view from all sides of the opinion. Um, another point that just arises is what would the future, for example, of the Rhodes scholarships be? Um, if we're going to to cast this man aside as as a, as, as, as the terrible person that that some people think he was, uh, what should we do with the Rhodes scholarships that are used to fund uh, the uh, disadvantaged students. Mark, thank you for your call. Mark and Escort, I personally think it's quite an easy decision. We still have the scholarship. It's 25 minutes to nine. You're listening to the Forum at Eight. I'm Darshan Mudli, standing in for Sakina Kamwendo today. Thank you very much for joining me. We've been talking about the Rhodes statue. Today, Cecil John Rhodes has been dead for 113 years, but he's still making headlines in the country. That's because his statue still occupies a place of privilege and pride at the University of Cape Town. The vice chancellor says they're going to make a decision about whether to remove the statue or not. We just spoke to Arts and Culture Department who say it's not within their authority to make that decision. Anything older than 60 years falls within the uh, the Heritage Association and they need to make the call. Well, regardless, students are still demanding that the statue be removed. In neighboring Zimbabwe, there are calls for his remains to be exhumed and sent back to the United Kingdom. Even university students in Amsterdam are joining in solidarity with their counterparts at UCT and at Rhodes University. 
those students wants the name of the institution to be renamed. We've been talking to you. You can keep calling us on 0891104208. Just quickly looking at Twitter this morning, there's a lot that's coming through. Uh, this is from Azania Native suggesting that we also relook at changing the name of the country from South Africa to Azania, not just changing the name of the statue. Uh, Dumisani Inklingetwa says, should we also be advocating substantial transformation, not hate speech that turns this platform into political grandstanding. Tebza Meshecho says, indeed, we can't erase our history. However, we can still learn our history without that statue being visible. Well, that's part of what we're trying to do today. What is the history of Cecil John Rhodes? And then can we come to an educated, informed opinion as to what we then would like done with the statue? We spoke to Mark. He's still undecided. He hasn't decided what he wants to do, what he would like to see done to the Cecil John Rhodes statue. Siegfried uh, writing and saying the Colossus of Rhodes is negligible in threats to the history, heritage, identity of whites now seeking futures abroad. This is from uh, Liv Letfu says, The Zimbabwe ministry is confused. They altered the Lancaster Agreement and now need consultation on the roads must fall tomb. That's clearly double standard, says Liv Letfu. And, uh, of course, more messages. We'll read them out shortly as well. Let's go back to the lines, 0891-104-208. And we also have to go back to the cricket. We've got a, an update on the cricket. Of course, Australia playing India. So before we go back to our guests and our calls, uh, Natalie Germanis is watching the cricket for us. How's it going this morning, Natalie? Okay, it seems as though we are not catching up with Natalie Germanis. We'll try to get back to her. Uh, we can just see now the tournament sixes in the match, 452. There's been a number of them in this game. Uh, we will get an update from Natalie Germanis on the cricket shortly. But let's check in with our two guests. We have on the line uh, Professor Pretorius. He's from the Department of History at the University of Pretoria. And Dr. Adebayo is the executive director and author with the, uh, the Center for Conflict Resolution. Professor uh, Pretorius, may I perhaps start with you? We've had a number of callers, some who, uh, you know, gift accusers of being apologists uh, and others who say we're ignoring the fact that this great man gave us a scholarship and and also set forth a, a motion for, for education to happen on a global scale. I mean, are we forgetting something here? Yes. Um, when I mentioned earlier that if, 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 if the statue were to, were to be removed to a museum, I'd be... Uh, I'm okay with that. I still feel it would be very sad if the statue were removed for for, for the very important reason that the the uh, the uh, listener who said that we will not forget our history if we don't teach that mm. it's uh, if, if 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 we remove the, the statue he is wrong. People just tend to forget. It's it's like a a stone that you throw into a dam and you see the uh, the curve and after that it's gone and you will forget. People forget. That's that's our experience. Well, to play devil's what, advocate on that, Prof, what, what's the danger in forgetting? Because are we ever likely to go back to those dark days? Well, the idea is to remember not to go back to those dark days. I mean, uh, it's it, that symbol should be there to tell us, no, we must be careful of that. Uh, we cannot go back. We shouldn't go back to the apartheid era or to the uh, white dominance or white arrogance. But we cannot go back. To, we, we cannot move to a, a black arrogance. And that's the point here is this country or in the in the constitution there is diversity. And if, and the the, the, the the term slap in the face was was mentioned. I mean a slap in the face for 
Afrikaners would be if the Buddha um, uh, statue were to be removed. So if, if we start removing statues, this is going to be a chain that we that ever end. Eventually, diversity and the, the respect for the various cultures will just be out of the window. Our history is complex, and people should remember that. The students there can't for one moment think that our history is complex. Well, Dr. Adebayo, um, we should, can I just say yeah, one sure, more thing? We sure. should get our emotion out of the story and gain maturity. I'm not offended by Queen Victoria's statue in the gardens in Cape Town. Dr. Adebayo, are we likely to forget our history if we remove this statue from, from, from society? I mean, aren't we reminded almost every day of those atrocities of the past on, on the faces of those who are still hungry, unemployed, who, who you know, face unimaginable challenges in South Africa, some of them systemic, and that were brought about through the rulers of like Cecil John Rhodes and the apartheid system? Are we likely to forget that history if we don't have an edifice to it? Uh, a few points I'd like to make. Uh, the professor talked about Queen Victoria statue. Mm. Uh, I was told that there was a statue of Queen Victoria actually outside of Parliament, which, when the Afrikaners took power with the National Party, was moved elsewhere in Parliament, and Louis Botha's statue replaced it. So I think it's important also to put in context the way that history changes with whichever ruling class is in power. But I think one very important issue we're missing, which the students have consistently raised, is that the statue is only a metaphor for a lack of transformation that hasn't happened within the University of Cape Town. And what they've said is that the curriculum is Eurocentric. Many of them have never been taught by black professors. Only five out of 200 university professors, four professors, are black at the University of Cape Town. And I think these are issues we need to look at. And on top of that, don't forget there's also a Rhodes Memorial on the campus of University of Cape Town. And that is a huge, uh, you know, sort of property and... Uh, It's not something that can easily just be torn out. And there's a statue of Cecil Rhodes there, too. And there are other statues that litter the Cape Town landscape, as well as Kimberley and other places. So it's important to see the statue as a symbol of greater issues of transformation. And not just it's not just about a statue. When I listen to the students carefully, they're talking about a statue as a symbol of oppression, dispossession, cultural alienation, and wanting to use it as a means of transforming their university. Well, let's go back to the lines, and we have a lot of callers holding on. I'm going to ask you to be as brief as possible so that we can get our two esteemed guests to respond to you. Uh, Mandla Kayise calls us from Belleville this morning. Hi, Mandla. Uh, morning, morning, Dave. Morning, go ahead. Uh, Whilst you agree that uh, removing these statues will uh, not deal with substantive issues of transformation, but uh, the, the view that this has been taken by the students is that uh, removing the statues is one way of opening the dialogue regarding the substantive issues there at UCT, which remains largely untransformed. Secondly, uh, removing these statues not to, is not us wanting to edit our history. It is that these statues do not have a place in our democratic society, and they cannot continue to set us at our, at, uh, in our eyes in our daily lives. Uh, thirdly, 
uh, history is preserved in museums, and that's why that stage should be destroyed, if not destroyed, if not destroyed entirely. Uh, the stage of water outside Parliament must also suffer the, the, the same fate. The professor there is wrong, saying that we'll forget uh, our history. We will not. In fact, if we build the, the if we erect the statues of uh, people who fought for us, who, who liberated us, it would be much better because we'd be constantly reminded of the people who saved us from our dark past. Manda, thank you for your call. Manzini is in Santon. Hi, Manzini. Hi, how are you? We're going well. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Um, look, my opinion on this is that um, having a statue of Cecil John Rhodes is tantamount to having a statue of Hitler in Germany. I mean, we live in a country where we're taught how bad Hitler was and the atrocities that he committed against the Jews. And while we're being taught how great Cecil John Rhodes is and he being, being a pioneer, and while he killed many, many, many more people than Hitler did. I mean, a statue is something that's supposed to be celebrating that person for having done something for uh, humanity. And I mean, Cecil John Rhodes, what has he done really for this country to bring pain to the majority of the people? So my stance is this statue really has to go because um, it, it really has a negative impact on on the, the majority of the people living in South Africa. Thanks for your comments, Eni. Eddie is in uh, Eden Vale. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Darshan and panel. Look, uh, you know, I also sense that the, the professor is in favor of the statue staying because he doesn't want the equal thing happening to the uh, statues of Afrikaner tyrants that, that, that ruined this, this country. And I echo the previous caller who said Germany wouldn't dare have statues of Hitler uh, uh, you know, up there. When you have a statue of Rhodes there, that, or, or streets named after tyrants, that indicates you're praising them. Uh, the right place... If, if, if for, 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 for such a statue is in a museum with the other dinosaurs. Now, I just want to reply to the previous caller, Mark. Yes, he was a product of the, of the times, and evil times, mm. but there were many people that, that uh, resisted him. And, as, as, and lastly, as for the scholarships, those scholarships by Rhodes were only for white people. It was only when Mandela came along and negotiated and formed the, started the Mandela Rhodes Foundation that that was open for, to, to black people and so on. So let's consign uh, statues and edifices of people like that to the toilet bowl of history and put them in museums. Then we can remember, and there's no danger of, of forgetting our past, our evil history. We don't forget Hitler. We don't forget uh, Favut. They're in the history books, in the museums where they belong. Thank you very much. Eddie, thank you. Eddie is calling in from Edenvale. Now moving across to Port Elizabeth. Edwin is there. Welcome to the show, Edwin. Yes, hello. Can you hear me, Joshua? We can hear you loud and clear, Edwin. Go ahead. Look, it's rather interesting to me. I've been looking at archives, and I see the middle history part of my studies, and I'm an elderly so-and-so, that Rhodesia was not a colony. Everybody's saying the colony was a protectorate. And in 1940, when through uh, Oxford University, the big banks had decided to uh, take over the Christian British Empire, every man... Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. 
I've got every man in, in Rhodesia who had 200 pounds and could sign his name was not a fellow, was given two, 20 acres of land. Then we have the, the uh, elections with Abel Mazzarella winning some 66% of the vote, Ian Smith and the Council of Chiefs. Ian Smith didn't hate Africans. He was an Air Force officer, as I was, and had to have strength of character and look after his men first. He merely said, look, if these people have come from Sherwood Forest or somewhere, they need a bit of time to take over a government. But on the other hand, the banks controlled people like Harold Wilson, multimillionaire communist. Mousseré was accepted by Germany, France, the rest of Europe. Mm -hmm. But Lord Peter Carrington, and I know how his father got his peerage, and the uh, Secretary of State Kissinger, allied with the community that wants to take over the minerals in this part of the world and ruin the Christian British Empire, when Rhodes was building universities and, and trying to stop into the scene fighting and producing food with Richard Simbab Baker, who was loved by the people of Kenya. Uh, the, the, the whole thing has been swung around. I think we should... Remember, this country would, it wouldn't be the richer if we lost our cricket, would it, or our football, or our scotch. Let's look after each other and go forward. I hate the terms capitalism, communism, and so on. We're all brothers, and we've got to earn and deserve and love our country. Let's leave it there, Edwin. Edwin, thank you for your call in Port Elizabeth. Karim is in Durban. Welcome to the show. Hello, Dustin. Hi, Karim. Go ahead. How are you, Dustin? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Karim. Dustin, I'd like to tell you, I'd like to say something on the radio today. Sure. I think it's a very sad occasion that we have to talk about it. Mm. When, when, when our, our leader icon, Nelson Mandela, came out of prison, he was incarcerated for so many years. He came with one philosophy, and I think it's admirable of a, a leader like that to say he forgave everybody. He didn't want color. We keep on playing the race card in this country. Everything is a race card. We're not healing the wounds of the past. I mean, it's like telling you tomorrow on the radio now, uh, I think the Fortress Monument in Pretoria, the Union Building, a part of our own legacy. Let's break it down and put another building. It's exactly the same. I mean, whatever the road scholarship that has been given to students, irrespective of color, and it's not, it's not confined to white students. Yes, we had a legacy of apartheid, we had a legacy of black Africanos, but for God's sake, every country has a history. What are the kids going to remember? I mean, we, we don't complain. We're not saying that King Shaka, I, I was at school, I learned about. Shaka, the king, uh, the other black, black uh, kings, uh, whatever they were. We, we don't complain. We, we accepted this country when we went through the transition. And I think a time has come with adults. People in the university students will become so arrogant. They don't appreciate that because of this transition which came through a peaceful settlement in the country, we are living in a country today with democracy, with a constitution, and a compared to other countries. You can't break a statue. No way. Okay. Because Thank it's asking them, listen, the one thing I must get clear. If they break the statue, then they will break the union buildings, the first like a monument, because it's not acceptable, because we're not healing the wounds. We keep on playing the we race. Hear you, we hear you, Karim. We hear you, Karim. Thanks for your call. Veen is in Weinberg in Cape Town. Hi, Veen. Uh, yes, good morning. I, I just want to, uh, to make a comment in terms of the psychological impact of, of uh, statuary in general. Sure. And to, to look at the fact that in most cases around the world, historically, one of the first orders of business is for people to remove uh, statuary and icons that have psychological impact, damaging impact. And in this instance, Rhodes is just one, um, a, a single example of the continuation of white supremacist statuary and, 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 uh, 
and symbols that exist around the country that continue to do deep damage. The first thing is that people erect these statuary for the purpose of celebrating these figures who've been responsible for, for, for particular kinds of actions. Um, and typically they will be removed. In fact, in my, in my view, it's a clear indication of the deep healing that needs to take place, that black folks can become guardians of white supremacy through the maintenance of, of, of these symbols. And therefore, we need to remove them and get on with the work of the deep healing that must occur. Veen, thank you for your call. Veen in Cape Town. 891 we'll try to take more of your calls. Uh, thank you very much for calling. And let's go back to our guest. Prof, if, if I can start with you, I think one of the questions that we need to be asking at this point is, is what has Rhodes done for the country that, that honors, that, that you know, kind of grants him this right to be honored in the country, that, that requires us to remember him? Rhodes' capitalism enormously uh, enhanced the economic position of Southern Africa. Um, and I'm not saying, uh, and, and the argument would be yes, but uh, uh, on the graves of, of black people. Um, but that makes the history of our, of our country very complex. You want to uh, accept the contribution he made, but shun the man for, 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 for other negative aspects. If we start doing that, we are judging and we will be continue. We will, we will continue judging people in the past until uh, you know th- there is nothing left of our history. And eventually, what we end up with is the struggle history. And the struggle history is not the only history of this country. So Rhodes's contribution was enormous. I mean, the 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 uh, the uh, input economically that he made to this country. He was a very, very rich person. He was part of the beers and of consolidated gold fields in South Africa. And these obviously had negative effects for particularly black people. But then on the other hand, what would have been the position if that hadn't been done by people like Rhodes? We should accept that this is history. We cannot uh, condemn Rhodes but then lord the black people who suffered. And it's, uh, it, it's just not, uh, our history is complex, as I said, and therefore we should see the past, not judge the past, but try to understand the past. Dr. Adebayo, I mean, we've had our last two callers both spoke about healing. We, we haven't healed. We're still dealing with the impact of apartheid and, and, and our colonizing forces. I mean, where are we going with this project? Um. I think before you can heal, you need to at least recognize what has happened. And I want to disagree very strongly with the professor about Rhodes' contribution. I think uh, Rhodes was a forerunner of apartheid. He put in a lot of the segregationist policies, uh, the past laws. He put a lot of black workers on his minds behind gated communities, dog protected. Uh, And he also stole 3.5 million square miles of real estate in Southern Africa. So to somehow tout his greatness, I think, is very problematic. I think industrialization would have happened in Africa and could have happened in a way that was more beneficial to the majority of the population and not just to a small white minority. So I want to really challenge uh, frontally 
this idea that somehow you can't judge history. All historians make judgments, uh, you know, on the past, and that's very much a part of what the art is about. I think the idea also of seeing Rhodes as a man of his times, I think one of your callers answered that very well. Even during Rhodes' own time, he was condemned. Someone like Olive Schreiner, who had been his friend, wrote a novel scathingly in 1897, basically condemning the tactics of his buccaneers in, in uh, Rhodesia. And what they did there was not just steal land. They stole cattle of people. They raped, they pillaged, etc. So we mustn't somehow try to minimize that. That is part of the history but I don't see that as having had beneficial consequences. I think uh, most of the consequences have been negative. And I just want to make a comment on the Rhodes Scholarships also. There's a distinction between the Rhodes Scholarships, which are you know, mostly white Americans, Canadians, Australians, and South Africans going to study at Oxford, and the Mandela Rhodes Scholarships, which were set up in 2002, a monstrosity linking the greatest imperialist of the 19th century to one of the greatest liberators of the 20th. And that is the one where people from disadvantaged communities and Africans from other countries come to study in South Africa. But I don't think this legacy is a particularly good one or one that one can defend, but it's important to study and remember it. Dr. Adeke Adebayo is executive director and author at the Center for Conflict Resolution. Prof. Pretorius, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the final word on this, and, and I, I want you to respond to one of our callers who said he, he, he imagined that there was a fear from, from Afrikaners in our community. I mean, you, you opened up our show by saying, and by qualifying your statements, by saying that, that I'm an Afrikaner and this is why I believe this. I mean, is there a fear within the Afrikaans community that if we start with the, the Cecil John Rhodes statue, next will be the Furtrekker Monument and other symbols uh, from our past? I'm very, very scared of that, and I think that that is a, a, a general feeling among Afrikaners, because what is going to prevent uh, 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 very active people like the students at, at, at UCT for the moment to 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 clamor against the, the Fortracker monument or the Paul Kruger statue, and uh, the, the point is, one should uh, accept the diversity of this country. If we start there, it's going to have a domino effect. We must uh, healing cannot occur if only if only the struggle history is remembered. And I must uh, differ from uh, Dr. Adebayo. Um, yes, obviously Rhodes' major contribution was negative, but there's no way that industrialism would have happened in a very easy uh, way as he, as he uh, uh, brushes that argument aside. Prof, thank but you I very much. I strongly feel mm. that we must be very careful and leaders should take, should take the lead to tell us, be careful, because this country needs reconciliation. Reconciliation doesn't mean that the majority wins and takes it all. Reconciliation means that all groups, all communities, aspirations and feelings and culture should be respected.
Emeritus Professor of History at the University of Pretoria, Professor Franz Johann Pretorius. That's it from our show. Thank you very much for joining us. Podcasts available right now on safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter, AM Live on SAFM, as the conversation continues. We hand you over to Rowena. And next up, Vibakshini Chetty has your... Vibakshini Chetty Miller, correction, has your 9 o'clock news. From myself, Darshan Mudley, have a great morning.